here tonight. Uh, your word says the entrance into your word brings life. And that's the light of life. Speak to us tonight and encourage us in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I want to speak on uh, the subject of faith. Um, this is not, I'd like to talk about faith without mentioning the word faith. Because once you mention faith, people start wondering, do I have faith or do I not have faith? But everything that we do as Christians is faith. We ask the questions, is this in the faith? Our life is, is, is a life of faith. So we really need to deal with this subject and understand this subject very, very well. Once you understand the subject of faith, then you can branch out into different areas and begin to receive from God. Because this is the basic. You cannot deal, deal with God. You cannot get to know God without faith. He will not reveal himself to you without faith. You can't know God without faith. So faith is very, very important. So the question is, how do I know that I have faith? How do I know that I have faith? What's the proof of true, true faith in my life? One thing that we need to understand is this. God will never overlook faith. God will always respond to faith. Every time there is genuine faith, biblical faith, God will respond. Now, you know the scripture which I've used here several times. Jesus said, lest they understand with their heart and turn, and I shall heal them. Once you know the word and understand and there is faith, you will definitely position yourself and God has to heal you. God has to minister to you or give you the answer. God cannot do outside of himself. That's who he is. Once there is faith, he endorses it. God will never overlook faith. So when you hear people saying that they have faith, and then you don't see any result, there's a lot of questions in our heart. And for me, I would rather admit that I'm struggling than to indict the word of God or God. I'm struggling in this area to believe because of the circumstances. And I'm saying, God, give me the word. Show me something that can lift me from this realm of unbelief. Now, unbelief is not saying you don't believe in the Lord. Unbelief is some doubt is coming to you for whatever reason, and you are not able to really hold on to the word of God based on your circumstances. And once that is in there, God cannot respond. Until you're delivered from it, God will not respond. Now, he wants to bless you, but there is a principle here. There is a law here, and God will not overlook the principle, the law, the spiritual law, and bless you apart from... His word, he just cannot do that. He cannot deny himself. And when we try to use sympathy to make God work for us, basically you're saying, overlook what you've said and still bless me. God doesn't do that. He stays with his word. So we need to have faith in us. So how do I recognize true faith? 
If it's not giving you the result, faith, true faith is not there. You can claim you have true faith, but it's not there. Because God will not overlook his word. God will always bring blessing to the word. In other words, faith delivers results. You always have results when there is faith. It may not be immediate results, but the result will be there. And so tonight I want to talk about faith. James chapter 2 verse 19 says, You believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They believe, but they are not delivered. Just by saying, well, I believe in God, that's not good enough. The devils also believe. They even tremble and still get no result. So faith is a a serious subject for us to, to address. So how do I know that I am operating in faith? These are some of the things, some of the signs that you can see in a person's life that demonstrate that God is in it, God is at work here, even though it, this, it tarries, God is really, really, regularly at work there, and the result is on his way. This is what some of the things. The first thing is dedication. Dedication. Unreserved dedication to the Lord, regardless of what he does or what he doesn't do. No question. You don't care what's going on. You just believe it's going to work out well. You don't ask questions, why is God, why did God? Once you go into questioning God, the truth is there was no faith. What you had was fake faith. There was really no faith there. Once you move from that realm and you begin to say, why did God, why is God, you're questioning him. If you really have faith, you wouldn't do that. And once it begins to come out of you and you begin to think that way, that's a clear sign you need to go back to the world or find something to help you come out of that. Because true faith will have dedication to it. Even though you don't understand what God is doing, you're still trusting. You're still standing firm. You know, in Job chapter 2 verse 9, after Job had been afflicted, his wife said, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Curse God and die. You, you're suffering. I mean, if God really cares about you, why is all of this stuff happening to you? If, if, I mean, she knew. She believed in God. But things have turned around. And Job said, you're talking like one of those foolish women. So when you begin to indict God and begin to be angry at God, and you, there was no faith there. No delivering faith. No faith that will bring deliverance to your life. It wasn't there in the first place. And in Job chapter 13 verse 15, Job said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But then, notice what he does. Even so, even though I'm trusting him, I will defend my own ways before him. 
In other words, he knew he had faith. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't understand all that is happening. He doesn't know what God, he's not going to indict God. I'll still trust him, but I'm still going to go to him fighting. Why, what is going on here? And God said, come to me, bring in your strong argument. You have to go to God. He says, I'm, go- I'm still going to talk to him about what's going on here. But the thing is, he stays there, dedicated to God, even though he doesn't understand what he's done and why things were happening to him in the negative. Once you begin to question, and you no longer, some people say, well, I tried that church, it doesn't work. Or this person prayed for me, it didn't work, so I'm not going anymore. There was really no faith. You were only trying and it didn't work. And you don't try God and get God to work for you. You just don't do that with him. So there is that dedication. You can see that in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were being threatened by Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar said, well, I want you to, when you hear the music, to save your life from this fiery furnace, uh, just bow. It's easy as that. And you'll be okay. And their response in John, uh, Daniel chapter 3 is, look, king, we're not going to even answer you about this matter. And besides, they said, we want you to know something. We do not serve all these your gods, okay? <laughs> they gave him information that he didn't know. They made, him, made it very clear. You can read that. We don't serve your gods. And this golden image that you made, we're not going to bow to that one either. So we're not discussing this. And they said, listen, our God that we serve, he's able to deliver us. So they made their sound confession without fear. Our God is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace. And he's able to deliver us from your hand, O king. They gave him respect, O king. He will deliver us from your fiery furnace and from your hand. And we want you to know we don't serve your gods. And we won't bow to this image. But even if God chooses not to deliver us, we're ready to die. Dedication. Faith. You can't separate the two. You just cannot. If dedication is not there, true faith is not there. Because when things happen in the negative, you quit. And so, but if there was real faith, you stay still here. You stand. As the Bible says, be still. And no. You'll be still. You will stand right there, dedicated, not moving from your position. And you know, Jesus said it this way He who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. When you don't stay dedicated, when things go bad and you're looking back, it's over. It wasn't there in the first place. You're not, you don't, you're not good for the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. You're not fit. So dedication is, is very, very important. If you read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19, it says, By faith, notice, by faith, when he was tested, that Abraham was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He had received the promise. So God gave you promise from his word. He had been given the promise. He had Isaac. And now God was telling him, 
to kill this Isaac. But you know, he never refused. Why? Dedication prevailed. He was dedicated to his God, don't matter. If he has to lose the son, he's willing to lose the son. But you see, there was faith there. Because you look at it, it says, Of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding, this was what he was thinking, concluding that God was able to raise him up. He knew that God had said to him, in this boy, that's the, you, you'll be caught by Isaac. And so if you want me to kill him, I will be dedicated. I'll kill him. But you got to raise him up. Dedication will not prevent him from putting the boy on the altar. But he also had faith. They go together. Amen? They go together. Once there is no dedication, it's a clear sign there is no faith. When you see people who are not committed to serving God, on a consistent basis, is because they don't really know him. That's the class time. They don't really know him. They claim to know him, but on the day of testing, real testing, they're going to fail. In other words, they will take the mark. You remember the mark? Six, six, six. When it's really rough and they have to die, says, forget that pastor and the church. Give me that mark. Because there is no dedication. So they always go together. He received Isaac back figuratively. Second thing that goes with faith, that is a clear sign of faith, is patience. Patience. Uh, Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 says, He who believes does not make haste. When you believe, you're patient. And James tells us, the trying of your faith produces patience. So they go together. Every time you have to believe God for something, there's a trial going on here. And you have to overcome. And the trial of your faith produces patience. And when, pa- when you have patience, Uh, when you have perfect patience in your heart, then you will lack nothing. That's what it says. So patience goes with faith. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says that you do not become sluggish. In other words, become a little bit inactive. You are not as excited anymore. about anything because you got problems and things are not working out well for you. So you you were very enthusiastic before you want to go, but now there's a little difficulty. Your faith is being tried. There is no patience. So you begin to pull back or begin to look for other ways to get around the problem. That may not be God's way. It says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate, uh, imitate those who through faith, now look at how, what he's saying, they through faith and what? Patience inherited the promise. Faith and patience. They go together. They're like twin brothers. They go together. If you have faith, there's got to be patience. If there is no patience, what you got is fake faith. There is really no faith. It will not work. 
Because patience is required if faith is going to work in your life. In other words, God wants you to stay patient. The result may not come instantly. You have to be patient. In Hebrews uh, chapter 6, the same verse 13, continuing that same vein, those who inherited the promise, they inherited it through faith and patience. And talking about Abraham, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. Verse 15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. You see how they go together? After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So they obtained promises that God gave them through these two things, faith and patience. If there is genuine faith, you will have patience. If you, have say, if you say you have faith and you are not patient, what you got is not true faith. That brings results. You need patience. You need to stand still and wait and let God do what he promised to do from his word. So those, that's number two. Number three, action. So action is what validates your faith. A corresponding action, that's what proves that there is faith in you. Until your action lines up with your faith, what you believe in for, there will be no result. Basically, I can listen to what you're saying. I already know whether there is faith or no faith. I've been in a hospital uh, where I've been called to come and pray for somebody who is dying some time back here. And I get there to pray. And the family, they've invited me to pray. And while I'm in there to pray with them, this is true story, they are out there making arrangements for funeral. So I can tell they just want me to come and bless. They were not believing in healing. They just want me to come and bless. So after seeing and watching what they were doing as they were talking, what funeral home are we going to to take prayer. Yes, Pastor, good luck. We heard you can pray for the sick. Pray. I said, my prayer is not going to work. <laughs> this, is, this is a joke. And I pray the Lord, the Lord gives, the Lord takes. <laughs> and I, I bless the person. Peaceful home going. Just take the person and then walk away. I wonder how, why I had to drive all the way there. And somebody told them, call pastor. These, these, these are not church members. So somebody told them about us. And they invited me to come and pray. And then while I'm praying, they're talking about the funeral home and how much. And I'm thinking, this, this doesn't work. That's the thing. Let me read this scripture to you. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 3. It says, talk no more. This was Hannah speaking. Talk so more so very proudly, let no arrogance come from the mouth. 
For the Lord is the God of knowledge. And by him, actions are weighed. He weighs your actions. What you do is very important to him. Based on his word. That's why James says, faith without works is dead. If you have faith and there is no action, you really don't have faith. You have to, in a way, act. Maybe through the words that you speak. The people you line up with. The scriptures that excite you. And all of that. What you're listening to. Those things can really position you uh, when people listen to you. That's the important thing. What you're doing. And we'd like to read the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. It says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Now, when the Bible says things not yet seen, there were two things God was talking about. God is talking about here. First of all, Noah has never seen a flood. Okay? He'd never seen a flood. Noah had never seen rain. It had never rained. There was nothing like that. There was mist that came from heaven and watered the ground, and that was it. Noah had never seen rain. Noah (laughs) had never seen a flood. And God warned him. Look at what it says. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. The word there, the key word there is move. Move with uh, godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. In other words, Noah, just hearing that word, was moved. How many people hear the word of God and it doesn't move them? No faith. It's a clear sign there was no faith. When there is faith, it will move you. And it will move you to act. You remember the story of, uh, there was this man, uh, blind Bartimaeus. He was standing by the roadside and Jesus was walking by. And I'm sure he had heard about Jesus because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God was in town. Amen. It was all over the place. Jesus, all over. And he had heard things about what Jesus was doing. But had no, he was blind. Had never seen Jesus or been around Jesus. And then he heard this commotion. And he, I'm sure he was asking the guys, what's going on? He's blind. What's going on? Oh, why all this noise? Why you have all these, all these people? And this Jesus of Nazareth, he's in town. He says, you mean that Jesus I've been hearing about? This is my opportunity. I got to get well today. And he started yelling. And you can read the scripture. He started yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those that were standing around told him, be quiet. You're making too much noise. And when he heard that, he said, you haven't heard anything yet. (laughs) You're going to really hear it now. He raised his voice even more. I started almost screaming, Jesus, that son of David, have mercy. And the good thing about it, you know, I, I've always loved that scripture. Because when Jesus stopped and said, go get him. The same people that were telling him to be quiet 
They said to him, hey, son, be of good cheer. He's calling for you now. Be happy. They believed and didn't believe. I don't understand all of that. But sometimes, if you stay with what God is telling you to do, guess what I'm saying? When God gives you something to do, there may be opposing voices. That's to make you change and turn the other way. And say it's not going to work. And sometimes these are people that are so close. Sometimes Christians. Sometimes when you're sick and you, you have cancer, please don't listen to people. Because they'll pray for you. And then after they've prayed for you, they'll begin to tell you about somebody that had the same condition that died three months before then. And how is that supposed to help you? And we do it without thinking. Basically, why did you lay hand on this person in the first place? You prayed for them, saying you believe, and then you start telling them this sorry story about this person. Oh, I know of this man. We are praying. We will continue to pray for you. We just laid hands and anointed you. We will continue to pray for you. This is a real deadly disease. Oh, God, help us. I know of this man that had it. He didn't last for three months, and the person is counting I've already gone through one month. I've only got two now. (laughs) That happens. And they don't mean any damage. They were just being themselves. Unbelieving believers, right? (laughs) And so you don't listen to them. When they speak words like that, that's when to put actions. You tell them, that man lasts for uh, three months. I'm going to last for three years. And maybe 30 years. And that's when Christians say, oh, that sickness is gotten into his brain. He cannot really think straight. You're really sick now. We really know you're sick. But you stay your ground. Your action is so important. What you say will demonstrate whether there is faith. And Satan will try you. Don't think that the Satan that was with Eve in the garden is gone to hide. He still has the same tactics. He's still going to question you through people. He he didn't show himself to Eve. He came through a serpent, something that she was familiar with and wasn't afraid of to stand around and wasn't shocked to hear this animal talking back to her. It was normal to her. She picked that. So Satan will use situations, people, and sometimes good people, and they will say things to you, to discourage you, to make you go away from what God has ordained for you. That's the, the time to say, no, I know what God said, and that's what I'm going to do. And then you say, well, since you told me this, I'm going to fast because that's not my portion. So faith, action, goes. He says, now remember, when God talked to Noah, Noah was 500 years old. When the flood came, Noah was 600 years old. So how long was that? A hundred years. Move with fear, building an ark for 100 years. That's action. It took him that long to build the ark. But every day he had an opportunity to say, Oh my goodness, it's 50 years now. Nothing has ever happened. Dedication. Patience. 
maybe I just hurt my head. My brain must be acting silly. I mean, something was going on. It was 25 years. And nothing is still the same. No rain, nothing. And I'm sure the people were telling, sitting around, and they said he was a preacher of righteousness. I'm sure he was preaching at them. He was a preacher of righteousness. I'm sure every day, I mean, they didn't have too much to do, I believe. They sat down and said, let's go watch this crazy man building this stupid stuff. You sit down and say, you said there will be rain. What is rain? Have you seen rain before? And he says, God told me there's going to be rain. Oh, sure. It's 25 years, uh, Noah, 25 years and 50 years. Mention his name in the town and people say, oh, you're talking about that crazy man? He's crazy. He is really. Many times we forget that we're dealing with a real human being. We make a Bible story and we're not thinking that he had to go through this every single day. Believing God. And that's what God is calling us to do today. Those stories were put in there to help us. So that when you're going through something, you don't give up because too many days has passed. I was sharing with somebody, God can do in one year what you've been trying to do your whole lifetime. Just one year. That gives me hope. You know, when, when we were called, Angela and I were called into this ministry... Um, and I'm probably we've talked about this in, the, in our home. Um, I'm thinking, well, if God, if God knew, he, I'm sure he knew I was supposed to be a minister. That's me. Why did he allow me to be born in Nigeria so I can have an accent? What's the deal? Just let me be born here so I can speak so everyone can understand. and don't have to hear. I heard him. I couldn't understand one word he said. That would really encourage you, right? <laughs> I heard all of that. And, and Angela and I would think about it and say, well, I wish we knew when I was young and we have more time <laughs> to do ministry. I just don't believe those things. I believe the 11th hour believer is paid the same thing as the first hour, meaning I can accomplish what. God wants me to accomplish in one hour, and the other guys have been accomplished working for six, eleven hours. God can do anything if you believe Him. Just put into action and trust Him. In one day, He can transform your life, no matter what's been happening to today. In one day, just through one person, when man said you are uh, one miracle, I mean one person away from your greatest miracle in life. That will transform your life and your family. One person away. That's the way life is. So never get discouraged. And don't allow words that people speak to discourage you. Act on God's word. So action must go with words. Faith without work is dead. Fourth thing, and I'm going to hurry up, is joy. Joy. Your faith also is validated by joy. Faith rejoices in the reality of the unseen. You can't see it, but you believe it's there. And so you're rejoicing. When you get depressed, I know where you are. There's no faith there. 
when the situation, let me put it this way, when you begin to have a pity party, God is not there. You and the devil can have all your fun and give him your drinks or whatever. God is not going to be in that party. It's between you and the enemy. When you believe that God is in it, no matter how difficult things are, you just have this quiet rest and then the joy and confidence that I don't understand, just like Job. He doesn't understand, but he says, even if he kills me, I'm going to still trust him. It's going to be okay. And when you, have, when you are in that place, there's joy in your heart because you have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing to be afraid of. And, and God is so faithful. What I've seen is when you are really standing and trusting God and the time is not yet, what God does from time to time, he will do something out of the ordinary to encourage you. How many have experienced that? Oh, yes, that's what he does. It's not yet time, but he will show you maybe through somebody's word or some little thing that happens just to remind you, son, I like what you're doing. Or daughter, I like your faith. Don't worry. There's time coming. Be patient. He's going to be there. And he helps you. And then you're strengthened. And then you can move on. And believe me, this is one thing. There is no one that's been dedicated to God and not end up and did not end up uh, triumphant. There's no one you can show me in the scripture. There was no one in the scripture that was truly dedicated to God and didn't end up triumphant in faith. All of them. You see, faith obtains a good testimony. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. It says, by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Not just a testimony, a good testimony. Testimony, And then it tells you how they patiently, through faith, waited, and they received their promise. You always end up with a great testimony. You have no testimony if you haven't been through a trial. So the trial comes because of the, the testimony comes because of the trial. So that's, that's the issue here. So there's always joy. Now, First Peter chapter 1 verse 8, it says, Whom having not seen, you love. Okay? You haven't seen Jesus, but you love him. That's faith. He's a being. The world is saying, where is this your Jesus you're talking about? Where is this Jesus? Jesus loves me. Where is he? They can't see him. And you haven't seen him, but you love him. That's what Peter is saying. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You see, you don't see him, but you have faith in him. Because you believe in him, you're rejoicing. So when there is no joy, it's a clear indication faith is not there. You're not really believing. Believe, that's an action word. To believe is a verb, that's an action word. So, you believe and you can rejoice in him. Psalm 42 verse 11. This is a scripture when you're struggling with unbelief. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? When you are worrying and you are down, you're feeling down and depressed, 
Your hope in God is gone. <laughs> no faith. And the traditional Christian, it says, trust in God or hope in God. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. So when you don't have joy, that's a clear indication there's no, really no faith there. When you begin to question and you're depressed and you're carrying this long faith and people feel sorry for you, <laughs> they rub your back and all of that. I like all of this, but you know, people can't really help you. And if they help you, it's not a lasting help. A few days later, you're back where you were. But when God helps you, he keeps you up there. Amen? So that's one thing you must have, joy. Faith is peace. Romans 15 verse 3. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So they go together. Jesus talked about entering into his rest. Hebrews talks a lot about entering into rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the peace. When you go to him and you trust in him, you'll have peace. In fact, that's the umpire. Whenever you're going through anything and you're really struggling, the first thing that you want to do is get your peace back. Once you have peace, everything is taken care of. Faith is there. And you can rest because God's going to come through. So we need peace. And then number six is word based on God's word. Your word must be based on God's word. That's a clear indication of what, whether faith is there or not. You don't speak what people say, what the doctors say, and, and, and claiming stuff. Uh, my, I'm very conscious about my cancer, I don't have any cancer. So why claim it? If it's yours, why you want to give it to God? What would you do with it? It's your cancer, right? So, but the Bible says, by his stripes, you were healed. That's not to say it's a lie. You can say, the doctors say, I got this. And though the question is, the doctors say you have cancer? Yeah, that's what the doctors say. And they're, they're thinking, you don't believe that? What do you say? You understand what I'm saying? The doctors give you the facts. But the word of God gives you the truth. So you tell them what the doctors gave you, what the facts. And then you, when they ask you, uh, you're talking like the doctor is wrong. No, the doctor is right. That's what he thinks. So, but then what do you think? The, the Bible says, by his stripes, I am healed. Your word position you. In, in Isaiah chapter 53, the word of God says, Who has believed our report? Isaiah 53 verse 1. So the doctor's report is one report. What comes in the mail is one report. What's in the bank is one report. But then God has his report. And that's where your words should go. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So use your words. And remember that God created the world, and I believe in the book I'm writing, it says very clearly, from the very beginning, God began to teach us the power of words by telling us how he created the world. Notice what God does. 
He didn't say, and God spoke all of these things into being. One, the earth. Two, the heavens. Three, no. He said, he will tell you, and God said, and then God saw. And God said it was good. And that was the first day. And then the second day, and God said. And then God saw. And then God commanded. It was good. And then he comes back again. So what is he doing? He's trying to teach us that your words, you were created in his image. Your words are powerful. And when your words contradict his words, you got no result. There is no faith. And you, can, you will never receive anything from God. You're wasting your time. So the first place for deliverance is God help me to change my tongue. You hear Christians always, they are looking for sympathy. Always telling people, oh, what's going on now? Oh, you have time for me to tell you everything. And all you're looking for is for your hand. I don't want you. Take your hands off my body. I need God to do that for me, not your hand. It's not going to do anything for me. I need him. Amen. And his hand is his word. So you stay with his word and begin to speak his word. Speak his word, believe his word. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says there that I believe, therefore I have spoken. So that's the key thing there. You believe. Let me read this. And since we have the same spirit, notice, spirit of faith. Faith is a spirit. And that spirit speaks. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, again, referencing the word of God. It's like double reference, right? According to what is written. Now he's writing it, but he's also referring to what is written. Double reference here. Saying this is solid truth. According to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. So when you're not speaking, you don't have faith. And if you're speaking contrary, we can easily place you. We know where you stand. And God knows where you stand. But when the pastor says, you have faith, oh yes, I have faith. Oh, you're lying. You know you don't have any faith. You know that. Your words tell us you don't. And once I hear the words, I know how to pray. I can pray for God to open their eyes so that they can see. God sends somebody to talk to them and give them revelation from the word of God. That's why the Bible says that uh, God, Paul prayed that God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so we know what's the hope of our calling. So that's the word must line up. And then you celebrate God. That's the seventh thing. No matter what's going on, you're celebrating God. I, this is what I do in my prayer. I, I, I get my mind to start to think about this. God, I am truly blessed. You looked into the world and you found this man. Amen. You've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. You've really blessed me. I have not been perfect, but you've been with me. All these years, you've taken care of me. Step by step. Look at what you've done. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look at this. Look at the people you've placed in my life. I'm, I'm such a blessed man. And I thank him for that. I'm celebrating him. And that's what David did. 
he thanked God. He celebrated God. When God told him, from you, there's always going to be a king sitting on the throne. And God was talking about Jesus. And David understood. Because they all knew the Messiah was coming. You may think they don't. They already knew. Uh, when uh, Jacob prayed for Judah, he talked about Shiloh. Until Shiloh come. He was referring to the Messiah. He knew. They all knew. Joseph knew the Messiah was coming. They just didn't know when. They didn't know when. So that's the key thing here. We believe and celebrate God. They celebrated God. So you celebrate him for the things that he is doing. You thank him for all of it. This is what it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 through 21. And, and did not waver. That's, that's Abraham again, the father of faith, so to speak. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't let, him, he didn't let it shake him. But was strengthened in faith. So, now think about it. He was strengthened in faith, right? He didn't allow it. What that says is you can be weakened in faith, right? You can choose. He didn't allow it. It says it did not waver. So you can allow wavering in your life. Abraham didn't. He got even stronger in faith. That's what it says. He strengthened himself in faith. Giving glory to God. All along. He didn't have it. The promise. He didn't allow unbelief. He didn't waver. But all the while, he was celebrating God. He was thanking God, so to speak, for God's promises. Before he obtained the promise. We've been told through patience, through faith and patience. But these are the things that he did. While standing with faith. When you have faith, you'll always be thanking God. You celebrate Him. You know that your future is bright. And you tell Him, based on what you've told me, God, is going to be bright. That's what David did. When David was told about Him and started talking about that, he went into the tabernacle. And he said, David sat down there. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us how long he did. He just sat in the tabernacle. I believe that was the court of the women. Sat down there for a long time. And then finally he said to God, Why are you so kind to me? Who am I that you're, you're being so good to me? Why? That all of that celebrating him and telling him how good God is to him. And then when he got through, then he said to God, please don't remember what you said through your prophets and please fulfill this promise. And God blessed him. That's the way to do it. You believe it, you thank him for it, you know you don't deserve it, but his love and his kindness is what's bringing it to you. It's not because of what you did. You didn't make yourself. He made you. You just happened to have found favor in his sight. And when you celebrate that and thank him for all of that, believe me, faith will rise up in you. And when you tell God, now do these things that I see in the scriptures, it's on his way. He's on his way. Amen. I believe you all are having a lot of faith here tonight, right? <laughs> I can feel it. Stand up with me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, if you're believing God for something tonight, lose your fear of the negative things that you, Satan is allowing you to imagine. 
that may be your lot. You need to lose the fear of it. In other words, when it goes through your head, tell the enemy, let it come out of your mouth. Sometimes you need to speak so you hear and the devil hears and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they hear. Tell the devil, what you're telling me in my head will never happen. Never. Not if Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Let it come out of your mouth. Let heaven hear it. Let the devil hear it. And the Bible says, decree a thing, and what? It shall be established. Say it from your mouth. That's never going to happen to me. Won't happen to my family. What you're saying can never happen. Don't have to repeat it. He knows what he's saying. Amen? Tell him it's never going to happen. Now tonight, whatever it is that you are afraid of that might come to your life, I'm telling you that's not from God because God only wants the best for your life. So decree tonight, that's not my Lord. That's not my Lord in life. What God has decreed for me, that's what's going to come to me. Can I hear an amen? That's what we need to do. Let's, let's lift our hands up to the Lord. Whatever that is. Tell the Lord. And whatever you desire. The Bible says, the desires of the righteous man shall be granted. God cannot lie. What you desire will be granted. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have this thing. And you shall have them. So desire is very important. The Bible says, God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or even imagine. God can do above what you imagine tonight. So imagine great things. Isaiah 54 says, stretch out your tents. Don't hold back. That's what God says. If your desire is so small, your God is too small. Make it larger than yourself so that when God does it, everyone knows that God has done it. And when you give glory to God and you tell them that God is the one doing it, they agree with you because they look at you and they say, we know you're not that smart to get all of these things done. It's got to be God. Just show us how to get to Him. Amen. That's what it takes. Let's worship Him tonight. Father God, we thank You. You can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine. Father, fill your people. Give them the heart's desire tonight. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit of fear. Because your word says, God has not given us the spirit of bondage against the fear. But he's given us the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry unto God, Abba, Father, and God's spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children of God, we are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have what God has given to us because we are the brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you. God, who did not spare his only son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. That's what God wants to do. God is the one that declared that. He is willing to give us all things so we can ask the Lord and believe him. Father, thank you. We believe in your word. Say it with me tonight. God, we believe in your word. We receive the promises of our God. It's our inheritance. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.